The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Hey guys, here's the ongoing series about the prevail model of leadership from Dr. Noah Manyika. Check it out. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Missions, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. And particularly if we don't know our worth, let me give you another quick example. Sure, please. If you don't know your own worth. So there's another organization which had a building in a part of the city that, you know, a lot of developers are interested in. So the developers approached this ministry and I was talking to the executive director about this prevail principle. And he said to me, you have helped me so much because we were negotiating with these people saying, well, yeah, maybe we should just take whatever they offer us and put it towards the budget of doing our work and so on. And we're even saying that to the organizations that were interested in our building. And mm. so I'd say to him, that's ridiculous. They want your building because they know its value. Yeah. You are responding like people who do not know the value of something that you're being told by their interest is of value. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Mm. So it is high time. If we think in terms of the prevail model, one of the important things that will happen to us, which is why I said, we go back first to the fact that God created us and he did it in his image before we get to the calling. Because if we go back then, we will understand our value. Then we'll understand the value of the assets that we have. Churches that are in the heart of the city and are called First Baptist, First Presbyterian, and so on, who are right mm -hmm. smack in the middle of the city, occupy properties that are very, very expensive and they sell them for nothing. And then they struggle. Okay, how are we going to influence what's going on in the city? Something is wrong right there. Mm. So we must understand our value. Yes. Yes. I can relate. And I've observed the type of things you're describing there. And I, I think we've got to lift up our eyes. Just the fact that demand is present <laughs> yes. suggests value. Suggests value. We don't have to be, what would you say, preoccupied with treasure. Right. Right. To realize that something's valuable and to make the most of it. God created us so that he could make the most of who we are. Uh, you know, he, that's one of his purposes in making us is to show his own glory through a specific kind of vehicle. And so that value, intrinsic value, like you talk about in the earlier part of the model there, what validating presence is, if we feel invalidated or if we don't believe in our validity, then right. it undermines the value that we can offer and the contribution that we can make. And it puts us in a position to be robbed. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one, I think that, you know, as a missionary, that's one of the things that we, we decided with our missionary team when we came to the United States, that we are not just going to be involved in alleviating. We are Mm. going to be involved in validating. So one of the programs that we started in Charlotte, and when we proposed this program, a lot of people were like, are you crazy? We started a robotics program for inner city kids. And when we started bringing these kids to our robotics program, people were like, that's so wasteful. I mean, these kids are not going to understand what's going on. But let me tell you, when, once we mm. got these kids in there, it was a program and we used what is called Lego Mindstorms as a syllabus. And these kids yeah. would come in there and they would start building these Legos and then they would start programming these things that they built to navigate an obstacle course. And they were capable of doing it. Yes, They lived in the inner city. They had nothing and so on, but they were capable of building and they had the curiosity of every child to actually work on programming these things. And we saw a lot of impact on hope, you know, that, man, Mm. I can do great things. So now when you start saying to that child, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That message is completely different now and they receive it completely different. So they can actually hope to go to college. They can actually hope to become an engineer, which is something that maybe in their family background, there was never an engineer and that's not a goal for any of the people that they know. And it absolutely transforms their lives. Mm. So there's two things. If they're hungry, I have to feed them, obviously. But if that's all I do, there's a problem. If I create the impression to these young people that all they are good for is getting money from someone, donated by somebody, then we are not doing our job in terms of fulfilling the Great Commission and the cultural mandate because the people that we then produce with that one-dimensional kind of ministry can't Mm. do the cultural mandate. And for me, a true disciple is somebody who we teach and train to do both. Amen. For sure. What do we say? We don't reproduce what we teach. We reproduce who we are. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> people who are not disciples have a hard time reproducing disciples. That maybe was put a little bluntly, but I'm going to leave it right there, doctor. I'm going to leave very it true. right there. Very, very uh, true. Very yeah, true. Very, you know, very it, real. I'm so intrigued and I'm enjoying our time together here. I think all of these presences, if you will, or all these expressions of presence are so interconnected in your model. You know, the alleviating, inspiring, leveraging, these also could probably be looked at from a maturation, like it's more of a maturing. It's almost like a maturing cycle almost. Right. Your presence, you're relevant in there, the presence, you're exploring for opportunity, you're validating the divinity in creation, you're alleviating where pain is present, you're inspiring where and putting hope inside, giving vision. And then as that gets traction, the leveraging aspect begins to come into play. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? That ability to leverage what's there, ability to leverage networks and, and so on, it is a reflection of maturity. So yes, you can you can take the model and you can see how someone grows. So at first you're just physically present. And then you realize, oh, I'm present. My presence has relevance. And in fact, if you look at the cycle of uh, maturity of a child, of a human being, the physical growth mm-hmm. of a human being, it's also reflected in this. 
So you are physically present. You are relevant. If you're a child, you're a, you're one of the family members and your presence is counted and you explore and continue to grow and start validating your own divinity and that of others. And you alleviate because you realize maybe I've been given more by God than others. So I should help and you inspire others and then you leverage all that. And mm. yeah, it's a, you can look at it that way. And the most effective leaders of organizations, faith-based organizations can leverage. They know how to leverage the secular. They know how to leverage the spiritual. They, they absolutely know that. And one of my friends who I call the, my ultimate prevail model leads an organization called Samaritan's Feet. His name is Manuel Home. And I count him among some of those people whose leadership has really matured and who now knows how to leverage. So quick story. He started off just giving out shoes to people who were in need. Now he looks at his mission as being, it's actually a medical mission. So ah. he does that so that they can also prevent foodborne diseases mm. as well. And looks at it as, you know what, we're empowering somebody to be able to do great things in life. So it's amazing. He's now looking at it as a medical intervention and not just giving out shoes. Right. Yes. And for many, that's the direct outcome of his work. Yes. In so many contexts in the world, it's important to get something between you and the ground from right. an infection point of view. You know, I was raised in a very rural part of the country and we were without shoes by preference for much of the year, especially <laughs> since it's so warm down at the Gulf Coast of Texas. But occasionally we had to be treated medically as a result of, uh, of yeah. that. So he's certainly working in a context that I know and understand. I've got a couple more things and we'll yes. kind of wrap it up. But I want to make sure and get anything in that you are wanting to make sure and include. Of course, we're talking about here a balance. Right. We're talking about a balance between the cultural mandate and the Great Commission. And yes. it's not either or. I think you're trying to illuminate the responsibilities in both places. Absolutely. Yeah. It can't be either or. And uh, you can't put too much emphasis on one at the expense of the other. In fact, I look at this as two parallel tracks. So here you are. You want to transport something from A to B on a railway track, and you need the two tracks. The two tracks never meet, but they're joined, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And I think that's one of the things that we need to understand and we Christians need to be comfortable with. They may seem to never meet, but they are joined. So what we call secular is joined yeah. with the spiritual. Yes. The two of them constitute the railway tracks of the kingdom. And I think that when we start looking at things that way, people will go to work and realize they are doing God's work as bankers yes. and they're doing God's work as nurses and so on. And they will do the Great Commission understanding that they're doing God's work because it's much, much easier to see it that way. You know, we are preaching yes. and people are getting saved and people are being baptized, but it's all God's work because yes. without the other, Without fulfilling the cultural mandate, the context for doing the Great Commission becomes difficult. Like I said, you're hearing this language more and more in Christian circles. Yeah. You know, it's a cultural war. It's a cultural war. Well, why are we discovering that now? How come we didn't know it already? 
<laughs> you know. Yes. And that's a very strange thing for it to be a discovery now because there are some things that are being done out there that are outrageous and offend our sensibilities. Of course, yeah. they're going to try to make abortion, you know, legal. They've already done it. Mm. And of course, they're going to take prayer out of school if we are absent. You know, if we don't elect the right people, there's yeah. some things that are just going to happen. So that's what I would like to get in. The other thing that I would like to get in real quick, Scott, is I think, and I feel this is something that I'm going to be doing very, very significantly, going into churches, into community organizations and talking to their boards and doing that and actually taking them through training in the prevail model. I think it's absolutely critical, absolutely mm. critical. And yes. it's so critical now also when we, where we are on God's calendar. We have lost a lot of time. We don't have any minute to waste. And we mm. really need to be producing leaders who understand this kind of kingdom thinking. Very, very agreed. Thank you for saying so. And thank you for your work and the development of this model. I think it reminds me of the Teddy Roosevelt quote, <laughs> the credit goes to the man who's in the arena. And I think, <laughs> you know, we don't realize that so much of our approach, this sacred secular thing we, you've been talking about, so much of our approach historically has been to withdraw this right. from the arena to cast our hopes on something ultimate, which we mm -hmm. certainly have ultimate hopes that will not be disappointed, but not at the expense of withdrawing from the arena in the now. God put us here now for a reason, individually and as congregations, as organizations. He gave us this opportunity in this time, and we need to be present Absolutely. and relevant and moving forward. Very, very inspiring stuff you've got here. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. If Thank someone you wants so to much, reach Scott. out, I'm going to put this on the blog. I'll backlink to your contact information or whatever you'd like me to, yes. to put there. But I do so much appreciate you. And hopefully I'll get to Charlotte again soon. We can Absolutely. take a coffee together and enjoy more invigoration in this. Many blessings to you. Thank you. It was an honor for me to be here and I look forward to future times when we can talk again. And thank you for doing the great work that you do with FX Missions and everything okay. that you do. Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, Noah. God bless. Have a blessed day. My greetings to everyone there with you and we shall talk again soon. As for me, I am Scott McClellan and this is your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Please do share this with someone who's trying to go deeper on the subject and the practice of leadership. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that when activated in your own life will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.